0: Well, have you ever been confronted with the purchasing, the desire, the want to have something, and you see that thing there before you, and the salesman or whoever you're talking to is like, you know, yes, this is is what you need, and today and today only, you know, you've got your opportunity to purchase this. And so, you know, you're, you're there, and, and in the pressure, in the heat of the moment, you know, you think, man, do, do I want this? Do I need this? Um, you know, and so you make the purchase. And is it a wise purchase? Is it something that, that you needed? And so, so many times, this is what we do. We get pressured into purchasing things that we don't need, um, sometimes that we don't even want, but we buy them because why? It was a good deal. And so we don't just want to buy things with, that are just because they're a good deal. You know, your wife comes home, she says, hey, guess what, I saved $200 today. And I was like, well, how much did you spend? Because that's the important question, not how much you saved, but how much you spend. Anybody ever heard that? <laughs> All the wives. Yeah. Okay. You can go broke saving money. <laughs> yeah, you bet, you can. You can go broke saving money. That's a, that's a great quote there. So, um, you know, there's all the time, there's these pressures to purchase stuff. Great example, uh, we had the Sears store here in town for 15 years. And, um, you know, every week, you know, you had to go out and you had to re-sign everything. And so, you know, we had put a sign on a washer and dryer. Washer, $3.99. Dryer, $3.99. And then, you know, you look on there and it says date of you know, September the 10th through September the 20th on sale, you know, a hundred dollars off of this washer and dryer. So somebody comes in and they're like, I'm looking for a washer and dryer. And so what do they do? You know, they look at the sign. Man, this thing's a hundred dollars off. Oh, it's going off sale tomorrow or it's going off sale today. So rather than go and look around and <coughs> go to go to Lowe's, go to Best Buy and look around. Man, because this deal's on sale, and I know tomorrow I can't come back because I'm busy, I, I better just buy it right now. And that's what our mind, and that's what they want you to think. But the truth is, you know, after that date is up, most of the time we pull that sale sign off, and we put another one in there for another date and a period of time that is on sale for guess how much? Three ninety dollars 99 dollars dollars Seven, you know, and so basically you could buy that washer and dryer most every day of the year for that exact same amount of money. But you put that sale price on there and people are like, man, I, I've got to buy it. I've got to buy it by this time. And so it puts urgency. It push, r- puts rush on them. And many times people don't um, go and observe what other things are out there. What, um, is this really a good deal? Is it a good machine, something that I should purchase? You know, not going to Consumer Reports, or going online and looking at reviews, and you just see the deal <laughs> and you purchase it. So we're gonna think about this evening, buying wisely. We'll also begin dealing with saving and banking, but whenever we think about purchasing things, we wanna make wise decisions and we'll talk about how do we do that. As Christians, we all deal with this area, we're confronted with it, but let's begin and remember where we are in our study. We began by looking at finances as a whole, and we dealt with the very first thing that we dealt with was stewardship. We said that's what this (coughs) class is all about, and we are to be wise stewards of whatever God gives us. And not just talking financially, we said in all areas and aspects, we are to be wise stewards of our gifts our talents, our abilities, our finances, our material possessions, our children, whatever it is that God gives to us, we are to use them wisely for His honor and His glory. Then we talked about giving, and we said, you know, most people talk about giving. There's Old Testament giving, there's New Testament giving, and um, we said that, you know, that's really not how the Bible breaks it up. There is giving before the law. And what type of giving was, was there before the law? Free will. free will giving. Yeah, offerings or free will givery, giving. But then the law was put into place. Moses um, took, the, took the commands from God. He wrote them down. They broke all the, all of the commandments. By the time Moses gets back down, he throws the plates on the floor or on the ground, and then goes back up and not only gets those Ten Commandments, but the 600 and however many there are, depending on how you break them down, um, commandments. And um, they, they live under those. And part of that law system, we said, was there was a tithe system. And so many people have been taught, and whenever we asked the question in here, everybody had been taught that you're supposed to tithe but we said you know under the biblical system that it's not a tithe but it was actually a tithe system and the tithes is plural that every year you give how much were they supposed to give under the law 30% 20. 20% every year and then 30, every yeah 30% every three years and that was to support basically the, the priests, the tabernacle widows and orphans Um, And so there was different tithes for different things, and it was a tithe system. But after the law, Jesus Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And so when Jesus Christ came, he died on the cross, paid for sin, rose from the grave to conquer death. He basically ended the law, and we are no longer under a law system. We're no longer under a tithe system. And if you look in the Bible, in the New Testament, we see that we are to give how? Freely. Freely. And 2 Corinthians 9-7 says that we are to give as we purpose in our heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so we give offerings, and our offerings, there is no designated set amount that the Bible tells us as the church to be giving. And so we looked at... um, at giving and and looking at it from those three different aspects of before, under, and after the law. And then, last week, we talked about budgeting, and we began our study in thinking about budgets and um, preparing a budget, and we talked about um, the why and the hows of budgets. So let's think about and kind of review what we looked at last week. We said, why do we budget? And there were three reasons given. Does anybody remember any of those three reasons of why we should have a budget? Yeah. I got them wrote down. All right. right. Just a second. (laughs) To To know where our money is going. Yeah, number one is to know where our money is going. And we said, you know, we called it not a budget, we called it a spending plan, is what most people call it nowadays. And we want to know where our money is going. If we don't have a written out plan as to where our money's going, many times we never know. Man, I didn't know I was spending X amount of dollars on coffee every month, I didn't know I was spending X amount of dollars on hot tamales every month. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't know, you know, I was spending X amount of dollars on clothes every month. I didn't know I was spending X amount of dollars going out to eat every month. And so all of these things, you know, a lot of them are just little things that add up over the period of time. You know, the truth is in our marriage and from what I've heard in most marriages, you know, the women, they just spend all of these little amounts of money. And you get to the end of the month and they're like, you know, I didn't spend hardly anything, Well, let's just go back and look, x, 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 x. And it all adds up to a lot. But guys, what do they do? They make this one big purchase, and it costs a lot of money. But uh, the women, they have a lot of small purchases. But the truth is, if we all go back and we look at our, our finances, where are we spending our money? A lot of times, there's a lot of small amounts of money That add up to a bigger one and we want to know where our money's going and we want to make sure that our money's going to where our priorities are and so that's why it's important to have a spending plan that's why we have a spending plan so that we're using it on things that honor and glorify God and that are used um, to fulfill what our purpose is in our lives number two we said was to plan Wisely use what God has given to us and so we look at short-range plans long-range plans And so through our budget we can plan for some future events activities and things like that Um, Wishes wants dreams all of those things We can do that by having a budget that sets out for these things and we'll talk more about that Tonight, as we think about saving, you know, we're going to have a plan. We're going to have a plan to save for X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that we want and desire. And then number three is to get under control. You know, security takes the pressure off. Um, You know, we said a lot of the stress in, in, in marriages, but also stress in individual lives, even if you're not married, is generally in the area of finances. We worry about our finances and all of these things, but if we have a plan we, and we get everything under control, we, we get our debt under control, we have a plan. Even if we have a lot of debt, if we have a plan to see that I can get myself out of this in six months, a year, two years, whatever it is, just knowing that I've got a plan and I'm getting myself out of this, it just gives you reassurance it gives you hope it gives you um, joy back in your life and so those are three reasons why we should budget and then we talked about how do we make a budget and we said there are at least five areas of, of a budget that must be included there were five areas that must be included in a budget Um, Those five areas, number one we said was old Uncle Sam, paying your taxes. You know, we all have to pay that, and so it needs to be a budgeted item, Um, especially if you have a uh, self-employed job or if you do things, you know, side work that you just get paid for. Um, that you're going to get a 1099 at the end of the year, then you've got to have a budget line item for those taxes. Or homeowners taxes, we said, you know, if you if it's not rolled into your uh, monthly payment, then you'll need to have that set back as well. Number two is giving. Giving, so as soon as you get your check from whoever it is that you get it from, um, you know, we said that you purpose. You give out of your first fruits. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing that we are to do once we receive our money is to give out of it. But we said our giving is not a specific amount that we have to give, but we are to give not grudgingly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver, but we are to plan and purpose what it is that we're going to give on a regular basis. Then number three is savings. Savings. You've got to have something in your budget that you're saving. And that, And we're going to talk more about that tonight. You know, what are your goals? You may be saving for a new pair of shoes. You may be saving for um, a vacation. You may be saving for a new car. You may be saving for retirement. So what are your savings goals and you have a budget line item for those savings goals. And it's not just one budget, one line item. I mean, you may have one for retirement, one for shoes, one for um, a boat, you know, and those, those things are different. And so uh, you've, you've got to set those things up. But those are more personal based on where you are in your life and what is important, what your priorities are number four is the needs of family we all have things that we have to provide for our family and so that is an area that has to be in our budget and then number five is paying any debts so if we do have any debts you know there's got to be a line item to pay those debts off so all those areas must be in our budget the truth is that we must remember is that that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 I told you to turn there verse 10 we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or worthless so how did we use we're going to all stand before Jesus Christ one day and we're going to have to give an account of our lives and we're going to be paid back basically for how we used what he entrusted us with here on this earth and whether we used it for good or whether we wasted it on worthless stuff that that was worth nothing. Romans 14:10 and 11 says 10:11 and 12 basically says the same thing that we're all going to stand that each one is going to stand before the before the throne we're going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account of our lives. And so, you know, it's not based on what your mom did. It's not based on what your husband did, what your wife did. Each of us are going to have to give an account of our lives and what did we do with what God entrusted us with. Again, not just our finances, but our gifts, talents, abilities, everything that God has entrusted us with, but our finances are one of those things that He has entrusted us with. And we want to hear him say, well done, good, and faithful servant. So one final aspect of a budget I want you to see ties into our study tonight. And in a budget, there are two big areas, spending and saving. So the first thing there is spending. You know, we're going to spend money each and every month. Whether we want to or not, there are things that we're going to have to spend money on taxes, giving, needs, debt, et cetera, the things that we talked about. And then saving. You know, we have to put back for short-term and long-term goals. What are our short-term goals? What are some things that we may need, we may want, or we may desire in the short run? Maybe a month down the road, five months down the road, a year down the road, you know what are those things, and we set back and save for those, and then the long the long range flow. You know what are some of those things, and we'll dig those out here in just a minute and a little bit more. But the truth is, we are to save. If we're not saving money, then not only are we being unwise and unbiblical, but we're putting ourselves in danger. Proverbs twenty one five. I think it's there in your book, it's not written out, but Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to to poverty. So the plans of the diligent, you know, we, we've got an advantage whenever we plan, whenever we purpose, whenever we budget right, then we are, we have an advantage over the rest of the world. But those who hastily come, then what? They, that surely leads to poverty. So we should plan to save. We know that this is important. Proverbs 22.3 says, The prudent sees the evil and hides himself, but the naive go on and are punished for it. So we got to be planning for the future. Proverbs 21.20 is another verse that he's got written in there. There is, a pres- there is precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, But a foolish man swallows it up. A foolish man uses all that he has. And so we don't need to use up everything that we have. We need to be saving for the future, preparing for the things that are to come and things that might come. So how can we do this? Simply, the rule is the same with giving. Take what God has given you, give it away. Take what God has given to you and save. So put yourself second, we give first, we put ourselves second, and we make sure that we're putting back for the future. Just as we have electric, gas bills, food bills, your budget should have a savings plan, and you need to pay yourself out of this savings plan, that's why a budget is so vital. So you know what you have, you know where it's going in the budget. So let's think about savings, and there's two aspects. There's short-range is number one, and number two is long-range savings. So what are some things that that we may be saving for on a short-range basis? Clothes. Clothes. Vacation. Vacation. Airplanes? airplanes How about this Christmas You know there's so many people when Christmas comes they're like man I want to get you know stuff for my kids I want to get stuff for my friends I want to get stuff for my family but I don't have any money to do it do it with And so let me give you a hint Christmas comes every year on December the 25th So what do we need to be doing? We need to be budgeting, planning, preparing. What if you say, man, last year I spent $500 on on presents, on gifts for my friends and my family. So this year, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and put $50 a month back. When December comes, I'm going to have $600. I'm going to have $100 more than I had last year. And so I can buy those gifts. I can joyously give them out. And not sit there and worry and wonder, what am I going to do? Because I charged all these on a credit card. How am I going to pay this when January comes? We budget for it. We've got the money. It's so much more joyous. You know, it's more blessed to give than receive. But it's a lot more blessed to give whenever you have things planned and budgeted than it is just to say, man, I don't know where I'm going to come up with this money. But um, here, I'm going to give this to you and this to you. Um, and so we need to plan for those things. So, you know, clothes, um, some other things that are vitally important are, like we said, insurance. If your auto insurance comes due on a six month basis, if it's not monthly drafted out or something like that, um, taxes, those kind of things, those definitely have to be budgeted as well. But vacations, Christmas, all of those things are good. Short-range plans and things to be saving for. What about long-range planning? And this is going to differ from person to person, depending on your age, children's age, um, things like that. But what are some long-range plans that that you have that you want to be saving for, that you want to be preparing for? Kids College for the kiddos college for the kiddos house. House. house retirement yeah all of those things are key and they are their long-range long-range planning and so we need to put those into our budget and you know like i was talking about last week you know i have a savings 529 that i set up for lauren basically when she was born and have been adding to it all that time so that whenever she gets ready to go to college or um, wherever she's going to go to school at that point in time to get any kind of higher education, then I can use that money, um, and I don't have to be all of a sudden, well, what are we going to do now? She wants to go to college. Well, you've been planning for it. You've been thinking she's going to all of this time, and so you plan for it. That's one of the long-range Goals that you have and that you're setting setting back, and it's a whole lot easier to do it for the 18 or 19 years it takes her to get there than to worry about it the year before she's going to go. Now, how are we going to come up with it? She goes next year, and so we've got to be planning long range, thinking about those things, retirement, um, any of those things that we have. We all have to be planning on it and. The earlier you start, the better on any type of savings plan that we have. Any thoughts, comments, questions? I've just kind of been talking a lot. Nothing. All right. We'll move on. Ron Blue has a five-step plan for saving. And um, the key here for us is to seek so that we we save and so that we can be in good shape. Number one, he says, is to eliminate all credit card and consumer debts. So, I mean, that's the first, first step. We want to get rid of any debt that we have. And Dave Ramsey has the debt snowballs. Everybody know what that is, how that works? Does anybody know? You start with your smallest first, and keep working your way up. And you take what you were paying on the smaller ones. Once you pay that off, and start applying it to the bigger ones. Exactly. So you take your smallest debt that you have. Let's say you have a a credit card that only has a hundred dollars on it. And then you got another one that has a thousand, and then you got this other one over here that has five thousand on it. And let's say you've been You know, and let's even put this in here, that this is at 1% interest, and this is at 15% interest, and this is at 16% interest. You know, um, a lot of people will say, well, I'm gonna pay on this because this has the highest interest rate. But what they say is you start with your lowest value because you wanna knock this payment out And so over here, let's say your minimum payment, I'm just making stuff up here, but let's say it's $150, and your minimum payment on this is $100, and your minimum payment over here is $10, but I've been paying $300 over here, and $150 over here, and just paying my $10 over here. um, What he says do is, pay the minimum payment of 150 there and make your minimum payment here. So in doing that, you can eliminate this payment in one month. Now you've got that extra $10 to add to here. So now you're not just paying 150 here, you're paying 160 here. Plus that is another 150. And so now you're paying on this $310 a month and you're just making the minimum payment over here then $310, how long is it going to take you to get that knocked out? Not very long at all. Now you've got this $310 that you can add to that $150 and then it doesn't take long to knock that out and then you feel accomplishment as well. Because this is paid off, I don't have to pay that anymore. it's gone. This is paid off. I don't have to pay that anymore. I've still got a long ways to go on this, but man, I'm making headway because i'm I've got so much more to add to what I was originally paying there, and so we can bring that principle down so much faster, and so that's what you need need to do That's what Dave Ramsey. Recommends is that debt snowball. Get rid of all of that debt as step one. Any thoughts, comments, questions? So, so this is before you say it. <laughs> that is before we want to get rid of all of our debt. No.
1: Well, that's. that's mercy fund first. Well,
0: we're going by what this guy says, not what Dave Ramsey says. But that is Dave Ramsey's plan to remove debt. But this guy uh, Ron Blue in his five step plan is number 1 you eliminate all debt before you save. before you set yeah so sense. if why wouldn't you consolidate it? consolidate it to one payment and then you've got three different payments you can and then you can break either pay it all on the one like consolidate it to your lowest interest and then you've got lower interest. You can do forward. that for some people. Some people don't have the options to do that and everything. But if you have, and some people's debt is not so easily broken down. They got 10000 10000 10000 and don't have the ability to consolidate all three of those. And so that's what he says to remove that. But also, this plan is kind of good because... Now you've got this huge debt kind of a thing, and just getting to accomplish, I knocked off $100. I don't have to make that payment anymore. I knocked off, you know, this $1,000 debt. It just gives you steps that I'm actually making, I'm accomplishing something as I go along the way as well. But if you can reduce interest rates um, and bring everything down, then that is... A positive thing as well okay number two in Ron blue's plan is you set aside the thousand dollars you set aside um, this this thousand dollars and um, or he actually says a one-month um, budget and it's not a full budget but it's one month of your necessity budget, is what he says. And so, you know, in your budget, you got the things like a house payment you have to pay. Every month you have, um, let's say a car payment, utilities. Um, You know, you can't not pay those things. And so, let's say this adds up to um, $2,000, and your total budget is three thousand dollars and these other things you've got eating out um game night um you know something something just fun things clothing budget let's say um is one of these things and so these odds and ends add up to a thousand dollars. So basically he's saying your budget then of your necessities is two thousand dollars and that's what he tells you to put back that you have a one month um, one month budget of your necessities set back and we'll talk more about that here in just a minute why you do that. Um, so you set back that and Dave Ramsey's plan in, in his baby steps is $1,000. And he says that is the first thing that you do, uh, like she said earlier, is you put back that $1,000 emergency fund is what he calls it. And basically, that way, if something happens, I mean, the ultimate goal of this is that you can borrow from yourself rather than go put it on a credit card or borrow from the bank. Then step number 3 is to set aside 3 to 6 months 3 to 6 months worth of your essential budgets. So again, not the total budget that you have, but the necessity budget that you have and set back 3 to 6 months. And again, two reasons. Number 1 is you have something that's bigger that happens then guess what? You can go borrow from yourself rather than borrowing from a bank, putting it on a credit card, paying interest, you borrow from yourself, or number two is, if for some reason you were to lose your job, um, then you are not like, oh no, so how am I going to pay my house? How am I going to do this? Because so many people live what? Month to month. And if they were to all of a sudden lose their job, then, you know, there goes the car. Now that I don't have a car, how am I going to get a job? You know, and all of those things start to unravel. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to not be able to feed my family. And so you set back that three to six months so you can borrow from yourself and so that if you you were to lose your job for some reason, then you've got money. You can survive for a period of time while you're looking for something else. Make sense? All right, number four is set up an interest-bearing account for long-range major purchases. And these are long-range major purchases that are things that you're going to make purchases for. So it could be school, it could be for a car, Um, You know, you're not going to say, well, I'm going to buy a new car next year and uh, have no money set back for it. So this year I'm just going to, you know, over the next six months, I'm going to set back enough money so I can go buy me a brand new car next year. Not going to happen. So you need it's a longer range plan. You want some kind of an account that you can set money back in that it's going to be making you money in the time that you have it sitting there. And then number five is other money that you invest other money that you invest and these are things that where you'd put money um, into a mutual fund or investing plan um, that it's going to grow over a period of time and so uh, for more major long-term things like retirement And, you know, like my idea of saving for Lauren for 18 years to be able to go to school, things like that are going to be those long range um, that you'll put into some kind of investment type account. It says, let me see where we are. Yeah, it says up at the top of that next page, compound interest, um, and Our best friend is compound interest because the truth is it's interest gaining interest. And that's why it is such a good thing to start early because then your money is making money off of itself. The rule of 72 is that um, interest rate divided by 72 gives you the years it takes for your money to double. So you say 72 divided by a 6% is 12. So every 12 years, your money's gonna double at a 6% interest rate. And so that's what that rule of 72 is that's in there. So it's important that we save and interest can be our friend and that's why the earlier you start a savings plan, the better off you're going to be. So saving. If we take, take some money each and every month, set it aside, be wise stewards, take care of our family for the unexpected things that happen, and then also to be planning for the future. That's what savings is all about. If you take $25 saved monthly for 40 years at the average income rate that um, you know all of these um, financial guys use, which is about 10%, you'll have $1.2 million over the course of 40 years just saving that $25 a month. So it can add up over a period of time. But saving must be a part of your budget. Budgeting is taking charge of what you, what God has entrusted you with, using it wisely instead of allowing our money and our things to control us. So any other thoughts, comments, questions on the idea of budgeting, short-range, long-range, monthly expenses, any of those things that we looked at last week or this week? All right. Well, let's think about buying. The key to buying is wisdom again. We have to wisely purchase whatever it is that we're going to purchase. We must be careful. We live in a society that pulls us to want to buy more and more. We'll never be be satisfied with the things that we have. We always are going to be wanting more. But we must be careful and not fall into that trap of wanting more and more. We've looked at First Timothy chapter six verses nine and ten several times as we've gone through here. Um, I'll remind you what it says in First Timothy chapter six verse nine and ten. It says, "But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction." For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pain. So, love of money destroys us. And so, oftentimes, bless you. Um, so, we must control what we buy, not be controlled by what we buy. So we must control what we buy, not be <coughs> controlled by what we buy. I think that's, that's key, that's important, that we control what it is that we buy, that we control our purchases, that we purchase things that align with our priorities. And realize that when we buy, there's three big areas. There's needs. These are the things that we must have. Food, shelter, clothing. This is something that we make purchases for. We have wants, the things that we would like to have. And then we have desires, dreams, goals, things that we would like to see um, in the future. So we have all three of those that are the big areas that we purchase in. So we must meet our needs, then save for our wants and desires. And there are ways to buy wisely. Some general rules to follow are, number one, don't buy unless it's in your budget. If it's not on the budget, don't get it. You can add it to your budget. You can add it to your budget of saving. But you are not to buy things that you don't have the money for. Because if you buy things you don't have the money for, what are you doing? You're borrowing. You're borrowing. So um, we don't want to do that. That's why a budget is important. It helps you to realize, do I have the money? Do I have something set aside that we can purchase this with? Number two is... Never buy on the spur of the moment. Never buy on the spur of a moment. Plan, check it out, make a wise pur- purchase. And rarely can this happen whenever you make a purchase on the spur of the moment. Sometimes you end up realizing, man, why did I even buy this? I didn't even want this. I don't even need I don't even need this for sure. And truthfully, I don't even want it. So, you know, there's sometimes that you buy stuff and you're like, man, I don't even want this. I'm just going to go give it to somebody else because I don't even want it. And But it was, what, a good deal. I had to buy it now. And so we waste our money. It's not on our priorities. But never buy on the spur of the moment. You know, go to online reviews. I mean, you can look at things. You can see if things are... Are quality items if it's something that um, is is something that's worth being purchased you know buying a washer buying a dryer things like that Um, you know you don't just go in and say man this one's on sale this is a good deal you know salesmen. what do they do they make more money on certain things and they make less money on other things and so this may not be the best thing but this is the best thing for me for you to buy because I make the most money on this. And that happens sometimes as well. And so you have to do your research as well and make sure that you're making the best choice. You know, how many of you have ever gone into the grocery store hungry? Yeah. And then you get home and you're like, why did I buy all of this stuff? You know, but everything looks good when you're hungry. And so, you know, you have a budget of, say, $100 when you go in the grocery store and you come out with $250 worth of food. And some of it's just junk food that you, you know, that's not not what you want to eat or, or stuff that's just going to be sitting there. So don't buy on the spur of the moment. Never go to the grocery store hungry. And have a list. right? Have a list. I <laughs> think? The new thing, the Walmart uh, grocery pickup saved saved me lots of money. My wife doesn't go wandering anymore. (laughs) But I love her, for the record. Love her, (laughs) love her. Number three, never be pressured to buy. If they say now or you lose the deal, just let it pass by because like i said most of the time if they want to make the sale if they want to sell the product um, if you come back (laughs) tomorrow next week more than likely you can purchase it at the same price as the deal that is only today how many times have you seen a commercial on tv for the next 30 seconds and the next 30 seconds only and then in the next commercial break, this same exact commercial in the next 30 seconds and 30 seconds only. So never be pressured to buy. Um, look for coupons, discounts, things like that. I mean, we do that stuff in the office all the time. You know, hey, then we're going to make a purchase for this thing right here. And Chelsea, she's like, Coupons for for this website or that website or whatever, and um, so many times you know you can get discounts. So many times you can ask people for a discount. There there's so many things that are negotiable in this world that so many people don't know are negotiable. So ask for, ask if there's anything that can be taken off or if there's any way. Um, You know, I would buy it today if it was X amount of dollars. Just like they can pressure you, you buy it today, it's X amount of dollars. Well, what if I, you know, I'll buy it today if you'll sell it for X amount of dollars. You know, and so just like they can play the game to you, you can play the game to them. So use that to your advantage. Number four, buy quality items. There's a difference between cheap items and inexpensive items. There are some things that are cheap items, and we don't necessarily want to buy cheap items, things that are going to fall apart. But it's good to buy inexpensive things that still have quality. <clears throat> quality items will last, um, you know. And a lot of times, cheap items you you end up spending as much. On five cheap items as if you would have bought a good quality item in the beginning and your quality item would still be going and your cheap item now you've spent you know the same amount of money and now the fifth one's broke and so buy quality items again how do you do that you gotta do some research and make sure you buy what you're buying is a quality item Number five is never buy if you don't have the money. Never buy if you don't have the money. Not a guaranteed way to repay. When you buy without having the money, then you are borrowing. So think about it. When there's something that you want to have, there's three options for you. Number one is you can buy it. And if you're going to buy it then that means it's where it's in your budget budget. so it's in your budget it's in your spending plan if there's something there that you want and you buy it then that means it's in the spending plan you don't have to feel guilty that you purchased it because you had a plan to purchase it in the first place number two is you can wait you can wait you can save for the item And number three is you can borrow. You can borrow. You can buy it and you can borrow. So let's touch on the issue of borrowing for just a second, but we'll do it in greater detail later on. Is it wrong to borrow for things? No, it's not, not biblically wrong to do it. But whenever you find the idea of borrowing in the Bible, is it a wise thing to do or an unwise thing, to do? unwise thing to do? Unwise thing to do. Yeah, most of the time whenever you look at borrowing in the Bible, it never says that it's wrong, but it is an unwise thing to do. What, what are, oh, sorry. What are the scriptures that, say, that kind of talk about borrowing? Um, well, a couple of them that we gave earlier in Proverbs, Proverbs, yeah, and there's several in Proverbs as well throughout there that deal with um borrowing and you know being being slave to the lender. Um, you know, I'm messed up because uh, my dad was a CPA and I'm growing up. And he always told me, do not have credit cards. Do not use credit cards. It's wrong to use credit cards. <laughs> don't ever use credit cards. So I, but I wasn't a Christian then, and he wasn't, so. But it messed me up because I, I literally don't believe in using a credit Like, you know what I mean? But it, like, That's so. a good thing. It's a I good guess, thing not to yeah, use credit cards because then you don't get in debt. <laughs> you're saying for like what? when you want to buy a house or a car you have no credit that's what you're getting yeah out. my god was like you can never don't just buy it straight up cash mm-hmm. yeah that's what i have no don't do like, no, no credit cards don't use your credit cards how do you build so. your credit if you cannot use credit cards well if you don't use credit i'm sorry if you don't use credit cards how can you build your credit and that's what all these financial people say is you don't build your credit. But it is hard to, because you to purchase a house, I mean, most people are not gonna save up enough money to be able to purchase a house exactly. in in cash. And so, you know, uh, you gotta have credit in order to do that. So how do you establish credit if you're not gonna use credit cards, if you're gonna pay cash for your cars? Now, um, now my dad, mind you, he has 100,000 credit cards. <laughs> they're all like I mean it's just <laughs> mm. anyway but, okay. <coughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it to church I'm working on it alright so not a sin to borrow but the Bible never says it's wrong but the Bible does say that borrowing is unwise most every example of borrowing in the Bible is negative so what makes, makes borrowing negative and let's look at some reasons why borrowing is negative and number one is it costs you more you pay more for an item whenever you borrow Um, think about you know a car okay so you got a car cars now just a regular middle-of-the-line car maybe even a lower line of the car is thirty thousand dollars anymore you take a thirty thousand dollar car at five percent interest, you know, over the course of five years, you're paid thirty-four thousand dollars for this car. So you paid four thousand dollars more for for your car than and it was only worth thirty thousand whenever it's brand new. Now you paid thirty four thousand dollars for it and how much is it worth at the end of the five years? <laughs> $10,000. And so you pay $34,000 for a $30,000 car that's new, and it's $10,000. And we'll talk a whole lot more because there's a whole chapter that we're going to deal with purchasing of cars. A home is another thing. I mean, you take a $300,000 home um, for a 30-year mortgage, you know, and then your home is ends up costing you $800,000 for a $300,000 home. Now, homes do appreciate over time, but um, is that a wise purchase? So it'll cost you more. That's number one, and that is true. Uh, So you don't want to take a loan for something. You don't want to borrow. Number two is slave to the lender. Every month, you know, you take your income, you pay it towards debt. you become slave to the lender. Number three is is, um, sin if you do not repay. So if for some reason you can't repay it, then it's a sin. You can lose your testimony um, through not paying your debts, the things that you owe. Number four, you presume on the future. James says, you know, don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we can't presume that we're going to have the money tomorrow. Ron Blue says in one of his books, if we believe that being able to afford something means being able to make the payments rather than paying cash, we have misunderstood a dangerous and how dangerous debt really is and so that's true I mean and that's what so many people I mean I remember working at Sears and uh, all they looked for was you know you had on that sale sign was here's the purchase price $3.99 only $15 a month oh I can afford $15 a month so man what if I get this $8.99 washer I mean that means it's only thirty dollars a month that I have to pay instead of fifteen dollars a month that I have to pay, man. So I can afford this eight ninety nine washer if it's only thirty dollars a month, and it's like you you don't have thirty dollars you know to purchase this thing, and so you're you're going to go from a three ninety nine washer that'll do everything that you need to do up to this eight ninety nine and paying $30 a month, you're going to be paying on it for the rest of your life and you're going to have to go buy your next washing machine before this one's even paid off. And so we don't need to be looking at the minimum payment. We need to be looking at the opportunity to pay it in cash, get it paid off, rather than borrowing for our things that we want, need. Number five is deny the opportunity for God to provide. He may be wanting to provide in a special way. Um, He may be, maybe somebody uh, is looking for an opportunity to give um, something. And so by you going out, borrowing for it, um, denies him or others the opportunity to bless you in that way. Then number six, it limits the future. You know, you have payments, then it limits what you can do. You know, you got your check comes in and, you know, you got these three credit cards that we drew up here earlier, and so you've got this much money of your check every month going out to these debts, then it limits what you can do today. Or for many people, it doesn't limit it because I don't care if these just keep going up and keep going up and I'm just going to live how I want to live. But one day, that'll come back and bite you. So, we don't want to be borrowing. We want to be saving for everything that we can. And the opposite of saving is borrowing and so there's one more area that we're going to look at tonight and that is banking. All banks are not the same they don't offer the same things and so whenever we're thinking about banking um, we need to think about where do we bank what are we looking for um, in a bank you know sometimes people use multiple banks because they provide different services and um, different things that are, that are beneficial at one bank and, you know, a better interest rate on a, on a loan at one and a better interest rate on a CD at another, um, free checking versus non-free checking. And so some people have multiple banks and things like that. But we want to use a bank that is most advantageous to us and that's kind of what we're talking about here. Um, when we think about banks, you know, the number one thing that people use banks for is having a checking account. And so, number one, there is under banking is checking accounts. And um, you want a checking account that is free. Did you know that there are still checking accounts out there, many checking accounts out there that actually charge you money? But there are many, and most banks offer free checking but in order to get free checking at some banks there are certain stipulations and things that have to be uh, put into place and two ways to determine that free checking number one is um, the low minimum balance so basically your minimum balance can't drop below a certain amount of money or number two is your average daily balance cannot drop below a certain amount of money and so you want a free checking account there are some um, banks out there that even not just give you free checking but actually offer you interest on your checking Um, one of the checking accounts that I have um, is through Tinker um, here in town and Whenever CD rates and all that stuff was low, my checking account at that point in time was paying 1.25% interest. So I put all my money into the checking account because I could make more interest on my checking account than I could in a CD or a savings account because they were getting at that time like 0.8% just two years ago whenever all those interest rates were Down in the dumps and everything, Um, and now I think it pays like 2.5 percent. But CDs are a lot higher five or five plus on on some of them for a year. And so, um, I my CD or now most of my money's in CDs as opposed to in that checking account. But the key is, I mean, even if you have you know, a couple thousand dollars that you leave in your checking account, at least you're drawing some interest on it versus sitting in a checking account that they charge you money to have the checking account or just free checking where you get nothing. So look for a bank that offers you benefits that helps you out all right and then the next thing is ATM fees ATM fees how many people use ATMs everybody all right way to go most people that I talk to that are younger they don't because they don't ever have cash and they don't ever use cash it's yeah you know, I'll Venmo you I'll uh, you know there what is cash And so, but there are some people that still use cash. So, ATM fees are important. And there's two kinds there's uh, proprietary, proprietary, and that means that it belongs to the bank. Most of the time, those do not have a fee. And then there's non proprietary, which is usually owned by somebody else and they have fees you know, several years ago, I mean, evidently you guys still do uh, even now, but use ATMs on a regular basis. Um, But I remember, you know, several years ago and um, whenever I'd use ATMs and every once in a while, you know, you go to this one, you go to that one and it's a dollar here and a dollar there, but you go do it four or five times in a month and you've got, you know, five, six dollars worth of fees that add up. And so all of those things, just to use a service of somebody else. And so always try to plan, prepare. Again, it has that idea of, of planning and, and purposing. You know, if you're going to go somewhere that you're going to need money, then plan and purpose ahead of time. Or just be on the Dave Ramsey envelope plan, and then you always got the cash for whatever you need whenever you go to do it. Um, So ATM fees, try to avoid those um, as much as possible using the ATMs that come from your bank. And then savings accounts. Savings accounts. And there's basic savings accounts, which are usually a lot smaller interest. It's just a normal savings account at any, any bank um but there are some that offer better interest rates than others Um, so you know keep that in mind if you if you have uh, money in a savings account that is a decent amount Um, and then number two are like money market accounts or cds um, that pay at a higher interest rate but they are more restrictive as to the money that you can get out of them. A money market account usually has a limited number of transactions, but usually pays a little bit higher interest rate than a savings account. And then um, a CD is even tighter um, because usually you put that in for, well, not usually, you you always do. You put it in for a specific amount of time. So you can do a three-month, six-month, nine-month, year, year, two-year, five-year CDs, and then you get a specific interest rate based off of the time. The longer you leave it in there, generally the higher the interest rate that you get um, in most financial situations. And so anyway, uh, but have savings accounts that are most advantageous to you and look for a bank that is most advantageous to you as well. So the goal is to find services at the lowest cost possible for you in banking. So in summary there, the goal is to be one who saves, pay yourself first, both short-range and long-range, Plan for the long range and plan for the short range through your budget so that you can have control over where your finances go so that you wisely use what God has entrusted to you. When you buy, buy wisely. Use Things and, and, and use wisdom whenever you're making making purchases. Don't buy cheap stuff. Buy inexpensive stuff. And bank with the bank that best serves you. You know, sometimes you look at banks and you think, man, you know, I'm serving you, and that's what it looks like. You know, banks are getting bigger, nicer. Um, And uh, they're making all the money, but the banks are supposed to be there for us. And so um, customer service is another key thing, you know. Um, Go to a bank that you, you can build a relationship with.